Okay, we're diving into acceptance. And uh, we did the first one, and it went a little longer than I would normally take them, but I wanted to kind of drill down and give you some backdrops of some stories of my own personal life so maybe you could find your own story in, in, in what your life has become where there's some negativity and where you're not taking care of your own heart and you're not the vertical relationship in what you seek so much, but you want other people's acceptance. Let me tell you, no matter what you do in life, you're not going to be accepted by everybody. You just aren't. It's just the way it is. Some people just don't roll the way you roll. And one of the things that I teach people in business and in life is to learn who they are authentically and live that out. And once you find out who you are authentically by the Creator and His blueprint, and it's a continual process, you don't really ever arrive, but you start getting more bits and pieces than you had prior. So you live more from what I call your original uh, blueprint that He put in there. You will be happier than the majority of people. Because until people find out who they really are, what we tend to do is copy everyone else and think, well, that's cool, I want to be like that, or that's cool, I want to be like that. And there's nothing wrong with having mentors, fathers, and, and people that, that you look up to the, in, in industry, in your own personal life, in church. Those things are great because they help you speed up your process many times. But what I found out for me is that if you never find out what causes your heart to beat, then you will tend to be, you know, just images and copies of all the mentoring you had versus the reality of who you had. And look, here's what I believe about inner healing. I think inner healing is wonderful. I've had many great encounters with it, as long as it doesn't become a revolving door and excuse for us to put a Band-Aid over things we never fix. I'm for it 100% because the anointing of God is what breaks the yoke. And if you have a tool that the anointing will flow with to help people, I'm for it. I don't care what the tool is as long as it's righteous. But the thing with inner healing is this. It should break all the particles off of the blueprint that was put in us by the Father when he put his substance in us in Psalms 139. All the particles that shouldn't be there that we picked up along life's way through mentors, through our society, through what we read, learned, however you got it, through fathers, mentors, teachers, education, whatever, that don't align with his blueprint and best for your life. That's what inner healing should do is move, remove the rubbish off of your original blueprint from him so that you see it clearly and can live from it clearly in your own heart. I tell you, when I when I learned that, and it's just, to be honest with you, articulating, there's a chapter in the book that I'm writing right now that we'll be releasing in the fall called Blueprint. And uh, it's based on Psalms 139. That's the primary uh, place that it's based on. There's other scriptures with it. But when I started realizing that I was a wonderful me, and a terrible everyone else I was trying to be, I really got free. Because even though I have idiosyncrasies and things about me that, I, that, that I've picked up along life's way, that I, like, you know, my reaction, sometimes my impatience, and like, you know, my intensity, I kind of, I think I made a good point, and people who know me understand that. Some, my, my, sometimes my own intensity throws me off the horse, not anyone else's. And so, you know, uh, even though I've picked up some of those things, 
I don't let those things derail me like I used to because what I realize is that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made to be Don Wesley Long, period. And I am the most wonderful, never to be made again, Don Wesley Long. And there will never be another. I'm an original and the only. And what I realized when I started actually letting that sink into my heart, not just mental ascend, I started realizing, Lord, I, I just want to unpack what you put in me and be the best me. And I stopped trying to be other people. Now, I still have mentors and I look up to people and I read and try to learn from people who are better than me in areas that I want to grow in. That's a wonderful thing. I think growth, personal growth should be a top goal forever. But I don't try to superimpose them on me anymore and their information either. I will read their books or listen to what their talks are and I will take the things that jump out at me and I'll talk to my remember, the father, the vertical relationship about how that applies in my life. And I'll look for him to implement the things I've learned the way they should flow through me and my blueprint. You know, I have a mentor who says we should only steward the dreams that are in our own heart. And what I realized is I was born with destiny, dreams, desire, all that already packed inside of me. And you were too. And all we have to do is actually have our vertical relationship. God will bring mentors in our life to help us uncover some of that. But our primary job is to uncover the blueprint and the goal that exists inside of us from the beginning before we were ever birthed into the earth. Uh, Psalms 139 says that you, while you were being, yet you were unformed, being formed in your mother's womb, that he said, I put my substance in you. It doesn't say that. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But if you read Psalms 139, you'll see wonderfully and fearfully made you are. And then you, do you realize you were wonderful before you were ever born? See, so many people struggle with, I'm not tall enough. I'm not thin enough. And, and look, if you have health issues because you're way overweight, you ought to do something about it. So I, I realize there's certain things we can do. But look, I'm five foot seven at most. I'm never going to be six foot. I remember growing up thinking, boy, people that are taller seem to get, you know, they get all the girls or they, they, they are better at basketball, of course. And they, you know, they just seem to, I just want to be taller, you know, tall, dark, and handsome. That's the, you've heard the metaphor, right? No matter what I do, I'm never going to be any taller than 5'7". And you know what? I started being happy with 5'7 because it's me. You know, I started being happy with blonde hair because that's what I came with. Now, if you want to color your hair because you, you know, like to do it, that's fine. I'm, I'm not saying you, I'm just saying for me, I'm trying to give you a, a kind of a foundation of, look, here's the deal. You have to get happy with you. And you can complain, you can sit there and complain the rest of your life that your feet are too short, your toenails are too long, your, your, your ears are too big, your, your, your hair grows uh, on the left side more than it does on the right side, and, and you seem to have a cow lick. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's kind of out of place. And, and you wish you had blue eyes instead of brown eyes. You could do that the rest of your life. And you know what all that is? Is you're telling the Creator, you didn't make me right. And when I realized that, because... My goal is to love the Father like He loves me. When I, when I realized that, it broke my heart because I'm like, Lord, I'm going to stop that. Now, I'm not going to be 200 pounds. If 200 pounds is heavy for me, it might not be heavy for you. If you're six foot five, 200 pounds might be a great weight for you. 
but about 175 is a good weight for me to be healthy. And that's where I want to be. And if, I'm, if I get over that, I'm going to work to get back down, just kind of using the weight metaphor and metaphor so I look like the best me. But you know what? I, you, you know, a lot of people that go to the gym that I work at, they have these, they, they're faster running than me because they have these little pencil legs. I've always had big legs and a big butt because I was born that way. And I'm never going to have pencil legs and a small rear end, no matter what I do. I could starve myself to death, but I would lose weight everywhere but my butt and legs. So, you know, you might be laughing right now, but there's things about your physical body that, that are genetic that you can't change. You know, you, but you can make it the best it can be from God's original intent. So I'm not making excuses for people not taking care of themselves because you need to remember that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you should take care of it. But when, just like you heard the story, me working out, I pushed it too far. Why? Because I wanted to be a rock star. And, I want, and, and one of my metaphors is I am an athlete. That's fine. But I'm 57 years old now. So me being an athlete at 57 and trying to compare myself to someone that was 27 or 37 and them rocking more than me would make me mad because I wanted to beat them. Well, see, innately, that's just like insane. <laughs> that's like stupid old steroids because uh, there, there are people that are that age that I can beat today. But if they're in good shape, I can't. I'm 57. I can't be the same person physically I was when I was 27. And if you're older, you understand this. Every decade, things change a little bit. And it's not making excuses. It's just taking care of your body for the age that you are. And I'm starting to realize that. And I told my wife yesterday, I said, you know what? I don't care. You know, I, in, in 2012, was, I turned 50. And I was in the best shape of my entire lifetime. And we went to the beach and she had taken some pictures and she showed them to me. And I realized, God almighty, I didn't realize I looked that good with a shirt off. I, you could see my abs. You know, I was in really good shape. I probably had 15, 16% body fat for, for my age. That's really good. That's excellent. And uh, I looked great, felt great. And it's okay. I love it. I, I want to I look the best I can for 57. But what I, what I realized is, is that I can't be 35 again as much as I want to be. I'm, I'm not that. I can't, I can't reverse time. Neither can you. And if you're 25 listening to this, you can't be 45 and have all the success and time under your belt that a 45-year has in business or whatever you're, tr you're striving to go after. So be you in the middle of the time zone you're in right now of your life. Become the best you, and you'll like what happens with your vertical relationship with the Father first, acceptance there, and then extending out of that, finding the blueprint that is in you. And I, I, I kind of went off of the beaten path there. I want to get back to this thought. You are the best original you. And, and when you find that out, you will start becoming free because you'll stop trying to be either other people or copying other people because you don't feel good about you. Because I'm here to tell you that Psalms 139 will set you completely free if you'll meditate on it until you get it. And just start with where it says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you realize that you were wonderful before you were born? Because God said it, not because of me. And that you're wonderful right now in his eyes. And he wants you to find the wonder that he put inside of you before you were born. And I call it a blueprint. It's your gifts, talents, abilities, your dreams, your destiny, your desires. All you need when you're born is in you now by the creator according to Psalms 139. 
I didn't say it, he said it. And I want you to get this in your heart and stop striving. Don't strive anyways, either way, but stop trying to be your mentors or the rock star people in your life that you want, that you want their approval or, or whatever it is. Stop. Start being the best you. And the way I like to say it is start developing the best version of yourself. It's not, when I say version, I mean that's what you know about your heart now. As you grow, God will unpack more of your identity that's in you, and the version should be upgraded and you get better because you know more of the blueprint. That's what I mean by version. So anyways, hopefully that little rant helped you. I want to, I want to talk in this kind of, you know, we talked a little bit about what are you doing with your own heart in the first one. The second thought I want you to take away is how do you treat yourself? How do you treat yourself when you fail? When you don't feel accepted by the people you're looking for acceptance from? When you feel like that you blew it with your kids or at work or, you know, you didn't get the deal in business or, you know, you didn't actually be the father or mother that you should have been in that moment with your child when whatever happened. I want to know how you treat yourself. I want you to ask yourself that question because let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you how the father treats you in those moments. The Father treats you with love and compassion and then empowerment. Now, He might correct your attitude. And if you blew up at your children or you, you know, uh, flip someone off at the stop sign or something, He might give you a corrective word like, that's not going to really work out well for you, son or daughter. But the third thing that He always does is He brings empowerment to embrace change. And so when you get in those moments of time where you screw up royally, you'll have to figure out what that looks like with you. You lose your temper with your mate. You say things to someone, you think, oh my God, I wish I could take those words back. I know you've never done that, but me, I'm one of these people who shoots first and then ask questions later. So I've had to work on that all my life. You have your own issues. I just want you to ask yourself this question. How do you treat yourself when you screw up royally, when you blow up? How do you treat yourself? What do you do? What's your self-talk to your own heart? Do you destroy your heart in that moment? Do you destroy everything you built to that moment that's positive in your life because of that one thing? Because that's most of the time what we do. And we, we, just, we just say, oh my God, I just always do that. I, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm, I'm never going to be okay. I'm never, whatever your metaphor is, you start telling a story about your heart and your life and how it's not going to work out. Whatever your story is, you have one, just like I do. Here's what I want you to start realizing. I want you to start treating yourself. Now, I'm not, look, here's the deal. If you go out and commit adultery, I'll just use that as an example. That's an easy metaphor to understand. God ain't okay with it, okay? I mean, like, like so, I, I, even, but even in that, if you really realize it was wrong, repent. God will help you fix that and heal you from that. So he can, he can take care of it. 
But what I'm getting at is daily things, things that, you know, like you heard me about my golf game and my working out and building a business. None of that was inherently wrong. It was wonderful. It, you know, uh, building a business and supplying my family's needs and creating wealth for my family, that's wonderful. My point is that in all of that, we blow up. In all that, we are impatient, like if you're me. In all that, we hurt people because we say the wrong things when we shouldn't. And when that happens, I want you to start creating a story, and I want you to start creating your, treating yourself like the Father would treat you. First of all, he comes in the door with love in his hands. So I want you to start loving yourself when you blow it. Now, I know that's contrary to what you've probably been taught. You need to fix that. You need to correct that. Well, you might need to correct it, but here's the deal. Here's what I found out for me. I can't correct anything in life that I keep repeating over and over again until two things happen. Number one, God puts his finger on it for me and gives me the power to change, which I call grace. And then number two, I take that grace, apply it as he gives it to me and points it out, and then I start trying to come up with a new story that's empowering. Like, let's say you're impatient like I am. <laughs> I can't even spell the word patience even at 57. But let's just say that you blow up in the airport like I did when we were on a trip to Italy. Or you, 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 know, you, you, you just want, you get over the edge of, and intensely uh, just mad at people because they didn't do it. You know, just that's kind of my deal if I'm not careful. Well, here's the deal. For me to change that, I have to realize, God, this is not right. I need your grace. And he has to touch it with his grace. Secondly, I got to develop a new story. Because when that happens next time, if I tell myself the same story I told myself before, I'm going to lose it. So I'm going to have to come up with another story that says, I don't like that. That is pushing all my buttons and all my triggers and making me want to beat someone down on the ground. And that's the way I feel, Father. But this is what I'm going to say and believe otherwise. I'm empowered not to react like that in this moment. That would be a phrase you could use if you're me. So that's what I mean. I'm not going to tell you how to build your own story, but I'm here to tell you without the grace of God, the things that you keep repeating and doing that are hurting you and others outwardly and inwardly from your own heart, the only way you can find true healing is actually the grace of God, number one. And then you have to cooperate with it by verbally telling yourself the proper empowering story so that as you walk through those things, you actually have the grace of God, which is this empowering presence to do the thing you can't do. And you activate your own belief and faith by acting out and telling the new story over and over again until that becomes your response when these bad things or these things that trigger you happen. Then when they do, you will tell the new story. And instead of blowing up, you'll bite your lip, like for me, and you'll just say, Lord, that is really triggering me, but I know you've given me grace to change and I'm just going to say this is going to work out for my good. Whatever your, you know, metaphors for me are really wonderful because all a metaphor is is something I can say in the moment that will change the way I think about it. And so if I'm in a negative state, if I can come up with some sort of empowering phrase, like 
you know, if I'm feeling like God's not talking to me and like, where have you been? I need to hear from you. I might say, Lord, I know you're good. And I know you always talk to me. You're my father. I mean, say something like that. See, that's a metaphor. That's a, that's a shift in your language that actually gets your mind thinking differently than it wants to think in the moment when you're feeling bad. So hopefully that helps you. I love metaphor, metaphors, life statements, phrases maybe out of your, you know, I have a whole book that has life statements, which either I've come up with or, or I've heard from other people that I love and I want to remind myself of. And then I have my prophetic words in there that I've gotten from the Father personally and also from other people, the ones that are really the main kind of theme manifestation words. I've got those. And then I have these things, metaphors, where, you know, a metaphor for life is one of the things that I started realizing uh, years ago is that your strengths and weaknesses actually are the same coin. And if you'll look at it this way, it'll help you. Heads on one side is where your strengths lie. But if you flip the coin over, tails is your weaknesses. And all a weakness is typically is a strength overused or improperly used. And then what happens is it throws you off the edge of the ledge. That's my statement that I use. So you have to figure out your own path with that. But I want to kind of end this with that thought. And I want you to ask yourself, when you end this, it would be good as you listen to these to have your own journal. We'll call it your heart journal. How about that? Accepting you, you know, whatever you want to put it down as. But you should, when you hear these prompts, how do you treat yourself when this happens, whatever this is? You ought to write some things down and then learn and then also write some things down that would empower you uh, to tell a different story. Now, the grace part, just seek the Father for it. He's good. He's in a good mood. He'll give you the grace to change. Trust me, He will. And then the first one we dealt with, you know, on number one, I tried to lay a lot of foundation, give you my background, my story, my reason for talking about this, to hopefully to help you with your life. What are you doing with your own heart? So those are the first two. And as we go forward, I want you to start kind of creating your own journal, if you will, of learning how to walk out your destiny, your blueprint that's in your heart from the Father and learning how to live in the acceptance that he's already provided, whether anyone else gives you any or not. And if you will learn to do that and learn to love yourself, you know, the word of God says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as you, as, as you would have them love you. Here's the thing. You can't love your neighbor if you don't love you. And so many people, and I'm not talking about self-absorbed lust and, 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 and fantasy and, and all the other stuff. I'm talking about just normal, what do you do to yourself? How do you treat yourself when you blow it? You know, think about it. Are you critical, judgmental, mean, evil, uh, uh, heavy-handed with your own heart? You probably are because I've been that way and sometimes still am. But I'm trying to break that pattern because, see, I have to realize that I have acceptance and empowerment from the Father to change. So we're going to end that one there, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the other side. Remember, live free. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Remember to hit subscribe. If you would like to know more about what I do, and how I could possibly help you, then visit me at www.donwlong.com. Also check out the course, Selling from the Soul.